Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I know last week was a snowy day. Um, we had a blizzard, what was it, 12, 15 inches that we got in Providence? Well, it was forecasted anyway, but we don't cancel church based on the forecast. We cancel church based upon the reality of what happens. And uh, so um, most of you were here last week, but those of you that weren't, we welcome you. Happy New Year. I want you to open up in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I believe the Lord has a fresh word for you this morning, wants to speak to you, wants to encourage your faith, wants to help you today. I've entitled my message, Persistent Problems Require Persistent Prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that response. Hallelujah. I could tell you've been praying and fasting. Amen. Persistent problems require persistent prayer. I'm going to look at Luke. Would you stand with me in honor of the Word of God? We like to do that from time to time to remember or to remind ourselves that this is God's holy Word. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. I'm going to be reading a bunch of verses. Now, when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to greet to him, greeted him. And he asked, one from the multitude answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And, wherever he, and whenever, wherever he seizes him, he throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Then he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And he often he has thrown him both into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child, child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and he came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that they said, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. He asked him privately, Why? Could we not cast him out? So we said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we do trust like the Apostle Paul that we would have the spirit and the power and the anointing, God, to minister your word, to hear your word, to receive it by faith to let our, our lives be changed by it and impacted by the power of the Spirit and the anointing, God. We thank you for today. We thank you for everyone here. God, we just pray that the Word of God would be received by faith. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, this occurrence in the life and the ministry of Jesus, the Son of God, illustrates that there are some problems, there are some crises, there are some challenges that are so deep-rooted, so entrenched, so resistant that they need focused and persistent prayer and fasting. The devil's work, according to the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, the devil's work is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The devil is real. Demonic activity is real. Now I want, to, I want to, you to understand something. 
there are two extremes when it comes to demonology, which is the study of demons. When it comes to demons, there's two extremes. There's one extreme that the demon, that demons are everywhere. Demons are around every corner, under every rock. If you cough, you got a coughing demon. If you are lazy, you got a, a, a lazy demon. If, if you eat too much, you got a demon of gluttony. Now that's an extreme. That's an extreme. I don't believe that. Now there's another extreme. There's an extreme that there is no devil. The devil is nowhere. The devil's not involved. There's no such thing as the devil. I believe those are both extremes, and I believe the devil laughs at both of them. But there is a biblical balance. There is a real devil. There are real demonic forces. There are real uh, demons that are arrayed against us in spiritual battle. We must understand this. There are two extremes. Everything's a demon or nothing's a demon. But there is a balance. There is demonic activity. In this passage of scripture, we see identifiably a real demonic plague, a real demonic activity. In this passage of scripture, we see a demon spirit was tormenting this young man, might have been in his late teens. It's wrong, I want you to hear me this morning, it's wrong to conclude that those who might have these symptoms are demonically possessed. It's wrong to make, come to that conclusion. But we see in this passage of scripture that there was demonic activity. This miracle of deliverance that Jesus would accomplish on this young man, I want you to understand something when it happened. You, when you read the Bible, I've always said it's important that you keep the word of God in the context. So that means you don't just read the one verse or the one passage, but you read before and after. That's the setting. That's the context. That's how we get the full understanding of what is going on. Now, in this passage, this is uh, Mark's gospel. It's also found in Matthew and in Luke. We have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very elementary, but you'd be surprised that some of us are new to the faith. Some of us don't know these things, but there are what's called the synoptic gospels. Synoptic is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What we mean by that, they are similar. They record the similar miracles, the similar sayings. And so the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this healing, this deliverance of this demoniac by, in, in all of the gospels, all of the three gospels. What we learn from Matthew or from Luke's account, it says, now this happened after or the next day. What happened? The story we're looking at. What, what happened the, the day before? Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And on this mountain, they had a mountaintop experience. They had a glorious experience. The presence and the glory of God came upon Jesus. He was transformed. His glory, the glory he knew in heaven, the glory he laid aside when he became a baby and came to earth, the glory he will have, he has now after he has died and, and was buried and resurrected and ascended into heaven. But in that moment, the glory of God came down and Moses and Elijah appeared supernaturally I mean, this was a powerful, powerful encounter. Peter, James, and John were there. And Peter, when he saw this, he, he, you know, he was one to always speak up. Sometimes he spoke, he didn't know what he was saying. Um, and matter of fact, in the Bible, it even says that. Um, he says, Lord, it's good that we're here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. You know, he was, Peter, you got to give Peter credit. He was doing his best, but he was missing the mark. Anyway, a, a, the glory of God overshadowed that, uh, overshadowed that, that occurrence, and a voice came from heaven, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. 
This was a mountaintop experience. This was a powerful time. This was a high point in the life of Peter, James, and John. They saw something from another realm. They saw the glory of God on Jesus. And then they saw, Peter, then they saw Moses and Elijah. So, why do I bring that up? Why is that important? Because they come from this mountaintop experience and then they come into the valley and here we have a demon-possessed young man to the valley experience. They go from the heights of glory to the depths of the spear. How many of you remember the uh, world, uh, wide world of sports saying? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. We all love the mountaintop experience, the excitement, the exhilaration, the blessing. We had a week of prayer and fasting, the encouragement that we had, the camaraderie, the church coming together, the church being ready, the spirit of God being here because people are hungry, hungry spiritually, they're hungry, hungry physically too, but there's an anointing, there's the power of the Holy Spirit, and people are pressing in, and, and that's glorious, and that's a mountaintop experience, but how many of you know the reality of it is we don't necessarily live on the mountaintop, we live in the reality of everyday life. We live in a, a time or a season where, you know, we, we do walk through the valley. That's just, that's just the reality. The scriptures say in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that we go from glory to glory. We go from mountain to mountain. We go from faith to faith. But how many of you know to go from one mountain to another, you don't just skip and jump. You go through a valley. To go from glory to glory, you get revelation, and then you have to walk it out. And what is, that? what is the lesson that needs to be learned during that time? The critical lesson for each and every one of us is to learn to walk by faith. We learn to walk by faith every day of our lives, when we're on the mountain and when we're in the valley. Matter of fact, it's very easy to walk by faith when you're on the mountain. But the lessons of life are learned in the valley how do you live in that in-between state? How do you live from a mountaintop to a valley to another mountain? You live by faith. And I'm going to talk more about that. But here we see Jesus, Matthew, Jesus, Peter, James, and John coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, coming down from this mountaintop experience. The Bible says the next day. The next day. They come down into the valley of a broken-hearted father who was suffering under the crush, crushing weight of a son that was living in constant torment. My two points quickly this morning, a persistent problem, a persistent problem. A father with a son who has been tormented from childhood. It could be the, bio, the scriptures don't tell us, but we know it was from years or four years. Because Jesus said, how long? He said, from childhood. Could it have been six years, eight years, ten years, maybe even more? We don't know. But here is a father with a son being tormented. He's being demonized. He can't speak. One moment he's thrown into the fire. The next he's thrown into water. In each of these uh, occurrences, each of these times, the father has to go and, and retrieve him and recover him and, 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 and help him and, and, and minister and, 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 and cover his pain and cover his shame. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes with his teeth. He becomes rigid. The Bible says in verse 24, he often, often throws himself into the fire into the water. For what purpose? To be destroyed. To be destroyed. For years, this father had to endure such torment. Sleepless nights, tear-stained pillows, anxious thoughts in the middle of the night, unable to sleep, not for weeks, not for months, but for years. And isn't it true 
And isn't it not our experience many times that we have persistent problems in our lives? If we're going to be honest, if we're going to be real. Problems that don't just last for days and weeks. Come on, that's, that's easy. I could handle that. You could handle that. But then when problems last for months and years, and they go on and on and on, and there doesn't seem to be no relief, financial struggles that keep you in a state of anxiety, emotional distress that keeps you up late at night, relational problems with family and with friends that keep you in a place of insecurity, Loneliness that makes you feel unnoticed, uncared for, and unwanted. Children that have gotten off track, far away from God, and further into addiction, bad habits, darkness. Spouses that are distant and uncaring. Emotional and social and psychological dysfunctions that have bound you up in an unhealthy emotional state. Persistent problems. You fill in the blanks. You name what they might be for you. What do you do at that point? What do you do? What does this man do? Verse 17 says, I brought him to your disciples. What did, what did this man do? He says, well, I don't know where Jesus is. I can't get to Jesus, but I'll bring him to his disciples. And that was a good thing he did. That was a wise thing. He brought, he brought his son to the followers of Jesus. But unfortunately, verse 18, it says, but they could not help me. The disciples, they failed. But I want you to know Jesus never fails. Disciples might fail you. Churches might fail you. Christians might fail you. Before you get too self-righteous, you might fail you. Hello? But Jesus never fails. You see, maybe along the way you've been disappointed by a Christian. Don't let that keep you from seeking Jesus. Oh, I've been offended. Join the ranks. Join the ranks. You want me to show you some, some sheep bites, head butts of goats? Join the ranks. We've all been offended. You're not the only one. Oh, you don't know what they did. You don't know what they did to me. Well, we're even. You're not the only one. Don't let that hinder you from seeking Jesus. You know how many people, oh, I got offended. I don't go to church anymore. Well, that's your problem. You're, you're the foolish one. Don't blame it on anybody else. Don't let, don't let another person let you go to hell. Or cause you to go to hell. Don't let somebody else keep you from pressing into Jesus, for seeking the Lord. Don't let someone, don't let a church, a pastor, a leader, whoever. I know I never offend any of you because I'm a different pastor. Why are you all laughing? But I can introduce you to some people. But see, Jesus never fails. So after this, Jesus comes along. Look at the Bible. Look what the word of God says. Immediately when they saw him, they were greatly amazed and they ran to him. And Jesus said, what are you discussing? He answered, Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So how long has this been happening? I'm just skipping down. Now, now look, at, look at verse 22. Verse 22. How many of you are there? Say Amen. Verse 22, the man says, often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now look at this phrase. But if you can do anything. But if you can do anything. Look what Jesus says to him. Look what Jesus, look at the next verse. How many of you have a red letter Bible? Look what it says. If you can believe. It looks, like, it looks like Jesus turns and twists the words. The man said, if you can do anything, Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. If you can believe. He was like, if you can do anything. Well, God, Jesus said, you know what? If you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, all things are possible with 
God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, he, he, puts, he puts it back on him. Whoa, I don't know what I'm going through. Oh, life is so hard. Could God do anything? You know, we, we, we kind of whine and complain. And I know we go through seasons like that, but it's going to come a time where we say, yes, I believe. And you know what Jesus was? He was giving them a mild rebuke. He was giving them a mild, he was giving him a mild rebuke. He was saying, if you, if you can believe. You see, faith is critical this morning. Faith is foundational. I believe the Lord was trying to speak that even through a prophetic word. I believe those that are resistant, those that are holding back, those that are in unbelief, those that are not letting their faith rise up. You see, we're saved by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, faith is taking God at his word. What he said, you bank on it. What you, if someone, if you knew somebody you trusted and they said to you, I will be there to pick you up, that gives you the confidence. You don't have to see them. You don't have to hear their voice. You don't have to look and wait. They said they'll be there. And you know when you walk out of that airport or you walk on that street corner or wherever, they're going to be there. Why, how do you do that? You do that by faith. What is the faith, ba faith based upon? It's based upon the character of the person, the, 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 the veracity of their word, the, the, the truthfulness of what they say. We have a Bible. We have a history of what God has said. He's done it for Abraham. He did it for Isaac. He did it for Jacob. He did it for Daniel. He did it for David. And he'll do it for you. If you believe, all things are possible. You see, faith is an empty hand that reaches into the unseen realm and believes the promise of God and pulls it back. See, it, the, the pulling back is the faith where it brings it into the natural and where it's manifest in your life. The supernatural realm, the realm of the spirit, the realm of the power of God. You believe what God has said. If you believe all things are possible, if you believe all things are possible, how does this broken-hearted father respond? Please hear the word of God this morning. He's broken. He's hurting. This is his child. Come on, parents, you could understand this. He's being tormented. There's no help. It's been going on for years. What does he say? With, with a sob... And with tears rolling down his face, he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe what you say, but I'm vacillating, I'm struggling, I'm hurting. Lord, I believe what you say. Help my unbelief. See, the years of the trial had eroded his faith somewhat. You see, when time elapses and there's no change, our faith can be weakened. When it doesn't happen, when we're expecting it or when we're wanting it or when we hope for, the, the mail comes and there's still no check in the mail. You wait for the mail and it's still not coming. You wait for the text, the call. You wait for something, the answer to come and it's not coming and you begin to struggle. You see, this man believed in Jesus, but he also recognized his doubts. Tearfully, he pleads with the Lord. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'd like to read something I came across just to quote it. Everybody who is a Christian has some level of authentic saving faith in their hearts. But the level of our faith is not constant. It waves, it wanes, it waxes and wanes, it increases, it diminishes. We move from faith to faith, from life to life, from grace to grace. But I don't care how strong your faith is, there are moments in this world where your faith is assaulted by the enemy. Sometimes your faith is like hanging on by your fingertips and you make the prayer that this man made to Jesus, I believe but mixed in with that, belief is unbelief. My faith isn't perfect. My belief isn't pure. My belief may be weak. I need help. Help me with my unbelief. Look how gracious 
Jesus is. He takes the man's struggling faith. Come on, let's be honest this morning. I'm not talking just somebody maybe going through a trial for a week or two, but I'm talking about years where your faith wanes. You come to church, sometimes your hands are raised and you're worshiping. Other times your hands are down and you're, you're crying silently. Jesus graciously and mercifully worked with the Father's struggling faith. And the Bible says he rebuked the evil spirit and restored him to his overjoyed Father. Hallelujah. My, my second point as I bring this to a close, a persistent prayer. A persistent prayer. The disciples asked Jesus afterwards. This was in the life group. Jesus' life group. You know, after the, the sermon, the crowd, Jesus went into a house and he had a life group just with a few people. Oh, you're not getting it. That was just a plug for you to sign up for life group and to be here on Wednesday night. Some of you didn't get it, but now you do. Amen. Some of you still didn't get it because you're not going to sign up. But anyway, in the life group, the disciples asked him, Jesus, sincerely, why could we not cast out the devil? Why could we not cast out that spirit? Matthew 17:20 again a parallel a similar account from a different perspective a different bible author Matthew Mark and Luke in in Matthew Jesus amplifies it he says because of your unbelief for assuredly I say to you if you have faith as a mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you you see the mountain that Jesus is speaking of is not a literal one it's a, figurative, it's a figure of speech for an obstacle, a hindrance, or any humanly impossible or insurmountable problem. That's the mountain. Your mountain is different than the person next to you. They have a different mountain. We all have a mountain. Something, it's a figure of speech of something in our life that is just big, it's giant, it's in our way, and it's something that just is insurmountable. We've tried to tunnel through it. We try to climb it. We try to go around it, but it doesn't move. It takes faith to believe that God will do what he said he'll do. Amen. And God said you could speak to the mountain. So there comes a time, and we're going to get to that, where faith is released and we can see God do it. Mark chapter 9 verse 28 says, But this kind cometh not, but by prayer and fasting. Now, as I bring this to a close, this passage of Scripture is revealing something to us. This is a revelation that there are some problems and there are some challenges that are so deep-rooted. Are you listening? They're so entrenched. They're so resistant that only focused prayer and fasting will move it, will change it. Persistent prayer with fasting. What are we saying? We're saying there are some strongholds. There are some demonic forces. There is some opposition that are so powerful in the spirit realm that one cute little prayer is not going to do it. Not a little prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That is not going to do it. We're talking, Jesus said, this kind cometh not but by prayer and by fasting. You see, apparently some demons are stronger than others. Come on, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and I'll prove that to you, and I'll, and I'll illustrate that to you. You see, some demonic activity, some spirits, some evil forces that are working behind the scenes, I want you to understand there's more going on than meets the eye. There's more in the spiritual realm that's going on than we see or when we realize. You see, Jesus is saying that some demonic strongholds, some addictions, some bondages are so strong that the power of prayer and fasting, fasting must be exerted against them if there's going to be any hope of victory. In other words, the grip of Satan is so strong that you need to continue to pray 
and to continue to fast and continue to believe and be persistent in prayer so that you can, you can bend, break both of his fingers, all of his fingers off the grip that he has on your family, on your children, on your health, on your finances, on your emotions, any addiction, anything in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Jesus is trying to give us a revelation. You see, what we see in the scriptures, there's an example in the Old Testament. How many of you heard of the story of Daniel? Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel, the one who wrote the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. The Bible tells us in chapter 10 that Daniel, as a man of God, as a servant of God, began to pray. And he was praying for wisdom. He was praying for revelation and direction to know the plans and purposes of God for the, his, God's people, the nation of Israel. He begins to pray and he begins to fast. The Bible tells us Daniel ate no pleasant food for 21 days. He denied himself physically. He denied his, his bodily appetites. He went on a, a very austere, very minimal uh, a diet, if you will, a fast. He ate no pleasant food. No stuffed shrimp, lobster, filet mignon, no, no Mexican uh, beans and rice like some of you tried to eat Friday night after the fast and you wondered why you had a stomach ache. For 21 days, Daniel is praying and fasting. On the 21st day, listen, I want you to get this. This is important. On the 21st day, an angel comes and visits him. And you know what the first thing he says to Dan Daniel? He says, the first day you prayed. I was sent with the answer. The first day you prayed, the answer. I was on my way with the answer. I don't understand it all. I don't know all of what's going on in the spirit realm. But I do know from that passage of scripture, there's something going on. There's a cosmic struggle. So Daniel's on his way. Uh, the angel's on his way with an answer to Daniel. And the Bible says, the, the angel said, I was held up by the prince of Persia. He wasn't talking about an earthly prince. He was talking about a spiritual prince. And there was this cosmic struggle that was so intense that, that the angel said, Michael had to come and help me. I needed another angel. I needed another warring angel to, to, to tip the scale, to, to move the balance of power here. And he, said, and he said, then I had a breakthrough and I've come with the answer. Now the question is, what if Daniel gave up his prayer after five days, after 10 days, after 15 days, after 20 days. He would never, most likely never have received that answer to prayer. You see, the answer was delayed. The blessing was delayed. I believe that there are answers to prayer coming your way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I hope you believe that because I believe it for myself. Answers are on their way, but there's a struggle going on. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we pray again. That's why we fast again. That's why Jesus said man ought always to pray and never give up. That's why Paul said in Colossians chapter 4, he said you need to persist in prayer. You need to be persistent in prayer with thanksgiving. You see, the Bible tells us we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual rulers of darkness against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6.12. That speaks of a spiritual demonic hierarchy. That they were different scales, different levels of demonic forces. Come on, some of us by now, we could take out these little demons. Right? We've been, we've been skilled. We've been prayerful. We, we, can, we can battle. But then there are some, there are some bigger demons. There are some, and I'm not getting spooky. I'm not getting weird. I'm not saying there's a demon on, under every seat. I'm not saying that. But there really is a spiritual warfare. Demon powers. I want you to hear this this morning. This is a revelation. Demon powers are assigned to stop your blessing. Evil spirits assigned to hinder your progress. What we need is a God-inspired 
Holy Ghost boldness. What we need is a supernatural confidence, a biblical authority that comes through a prayer life and through a season of prayer and fasting. I'd like to close this morning with a personal story of a persistent problem that required persistent prayers. Some of you know our son Philip. He grew up in the church. Let me just say this. I asked his permission to share this. I don't put your stuff out there and I don't put my family stuff out there unless I get permission because that's the right thing to do. But you know our son Philip, he grew up in the church. He was a part of our worship team from nine years old to 16. He played the drums. He was skilled. He was even anointed. Knew how to ebb and flow with the spirit. Went on several missions trips with our church. He went to the Dominican Republic, went to Haiti, Mexico. But in his teenage years, he got off track, started drinking, and eventually he became a heavy drinker. It began to affect his relationship with his, his wife, his parents, with us, obviously. Parents, you could, you could fully understand the heartache, the burden, the pain that we felt for him and for the lack of relationship that we had with him because of his addiction. What can we do? We do what any other parent does. We plead, we beg, we show mercy, we try to reason, we use tough love, we use soft love, easy love, whatever, and we try everything. But ultimately, but ultimately we know that only the Lord can change the heart. We began praying. Well, we didn't begin praying. We were always praying. Others were praying. Family, friends, colleagues in ministry, this church, thank you so, so much for your, your love and your prayers that you've had. Praying, fasting, weeping, waiting, praying some more, fasting some more, weeping some more, waiting, wondering. Weeks turn into months. Months turn into years. Your years turned into about a, about a decade or more. You see, this was a persistent problem that required persistent prayer. Let me just say to you, stop and just say, whatever you're struggling with, keep praying, keep believing God, keep trusting God. This situation with our son was, was a persistent problem that became a heavy burden. Um, and, you know, being in the ministry, you can't just miss church and, and just go have a pity party somewhere. You have your pity party, you make it short, and then you got to get back up and preach. you got to minister. you got to do the work of God. It wasn't easy, but God gave us grace. Last year, the beginning of 2023, I believe... The Lord laid upon my heart a theme of restoration. You still see the banners up there. We're going to have a new one in a week or two. Uh, but, but the promise of restoration doesn't end because we come into a new year. I believe that the Lord said what he said to his people in Joel chapter 2. I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. To restore means to bring back to the original condition. It means to, to bring back the harvest. It means you can't buy back time, but God can give you a better future. You can't get back the money, but God can bless your future harvest. Amen? And so I believe that word, and I was believing it for, our, for my wife, for our family, for our personal lives, for the church, for ministry, for everything. My son's life really started to unravel in, in the beginning of, of 2023. You know, like this man brought his son to Jesus, and it some, seemed like when he brought him to Jesus, things got worse. He convulsed. And sometimes the closer you get to your miracle, now you've got to hear this, the closer you get to your breakthrough, the devil's going to do whatever he can do because he's pushing the panic button because he knows the breakthrough is coming. Hallelujah. 
So as his life began to unravel, he was in a very difficult place. And we talked, my wife and I talked with him. Others tried to help him. And we knew he needed uh, an intensive discipleship program, a Christian rehab. Uh, all you know, Teen Challenge, adult and Teen Challenge program. It's a, uh, a 12-month in-house Christian discipleship program where they give him principles for life, they teach him the Bible, they teach him healthy and wholesome living, and they help him to deal with their addiction. So he had, he had said he would never go. He had heard their testimony, sat in these, these seats and heard them come and minister, and he said he would never go into that place, never go to Teen Challenge, but he was getting desperate. One day, I want you to hear this, one day my wife and I, one morning, while this was all going on, my wife and I were praying, and again, I'm not saying that our prayers did it, there were many people praying. But I remember this one morning, my wife and I were praying, I'm walking in the house, and I begin to pray, we're praying for our son, and I remember the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit as we're praying, maybe saying the same words we said a million other times, praying the same prayers we pray a million other times, but when we got done, I turned to my wife and I said, that prayer got through. That prayer got through. What I mean by that is, you know, it, it, you never know what next prayer tips the scale, so to speak. You never know what prayer is, brings about the, 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 the tipping of, of, of the scale in your direction or the turning of power in your direction. And so I told my wife, I said, that prayer got through. My son called us that night and he said, well, two days later, two days later, and he said, I want, I'm willing to go into Teen Challenge. He had said he never would. He never would. Now, going into this program is, is, is just half the battle. The other half is staying there. And so I, I, with his permission, I'd like to show you a, a video clip of, of him phasing up after being in the program for eight months. The last but not least, um, this brother right here who just entered into the final phase of the program. Um, every night I see him down here from 9 to 10 prayer. He doesn't need to be, but he comes because he knows that's where he can seek God's face the most and he can feel his presence at that time and go into his his quiet place into the prayer closet and just focus on him because that's what it's about we need we, we need to pray for others but for us to have that intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior we need to step aside and go by ourselves so you can truly have an intimate relationship with him so and he's doing great um, with the relationship with his wife they're, they're being restored his family everything man come on Phil Here, uh, 
I love all you guys. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, you know, we rub each other the wrong way a lot, but thanks, thanks be to God for the grace. And to everyone in the audience, thank you for coming. If you've got someone you're praying for, someone that needs this place, keep praying. Don't give up. Uh, don't lose heart. There's always hope. Uh, you know, it took years for you to uh, accept coming here. My parents, my wife, family, praying for me for years to be here. And I'm here. You know, AJ, my brother was praying for him for years. He's here. Um, every one of us is a product of prayer, so just, uh, just keep praying, and he gets all the glory. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Would you stand together with me? And can we give God praise for that testimony? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. The worship team could come back. The worship team could come back this morning. I share this to for you to rejoice with us and to thank God with us, but also for a testimony for what God can do in your family and in your life. Can we just praise God for a moment as the team's coming? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, restore the brokenhearted, God. Deliver the captives, God. Family members. Come on, begin to pray for your family right now. Come on, begin to pray for your son who might be addicted, your daughter that might be away from God. Begin to pray for your children that are young, that God would keep his hand upon them and that the devil's power would be rebuked. Come on, begin to pray. Can we lift up our voice this morning in this place? Hallelujah. Come on, this kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. Come on, add, add another prayer to the scale. Come on, add another prayer, another blow of the hammer that's going to break the rock in pieces. Come on, just, just begin to pray. I want to ask you to come forward this morning. Would you come around these altars? We need to pray. We need to pray for our family. We need to pray for our, our, our children. We need to believe God for our own lives. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you're struggling with a secret sin. Come on, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let your pride keep you in your seat. If you're not living for Jesus, if you're not following him, come on, don't let this moment hold you back. Come on, press in. Press in. Press in. Pray. Pray. Believe God for your children. I thought it was impossible. I got to a place where it was so overwhelming. I didn't know what to do, but we kept praying. We kept believing. We, we, we lacked in faith and we said, Lord, I believe. We believe. Help my unbelief. Come on, keep praying. Come on, right now, you have an authority. Tell that devil he's going to loosen his grip. Come on, over your children, your nieces, your nephews, those that are bound, those that are, are tormented. Hallelujah. Come on, let's have the, a time of crying out to God this morning. Lifting up our voice. Come on, what God did for, for my son, he'll do for your son. Come on, we're believing. We're believing for restoration. God will restore the years, the wasted hours, the wasted moments, the wasted opportunities. Oh God, maybe you have a relative, a parent, someone who needs a touch. Come on, don't give up on them. Come on, God never gave up on you. God never gives up on us. We pray. We pray for a God a breakthrough, a deliverance. Come on, keep praying, keep praying. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, in the authority of Jesus. Come on, with a Holy Ghost of boldness. Come on, speak to that mountain. Be removed in the name of Jesus. Speak to that obstacle in the name of Jesus. It's got to go. Come on, that, that sickness has got to go. That financial hardship has got to turn around. That relationship has to be restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let something rise up in you. Come on, God hears a mother's cry. Here's 
God sees the tears of a broken-hearted father, a broken-hearted mother. Oh, God, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle. Oh, God, a child, burden. Oh, when, wondering when will this happen? When will this change? When will this turn around? Oh, come on, you gotta, this kind, this kind doesn't change. This mountain doesn't move that easily. You've got to build your faith. You've got to pray. You've got to keep on praying. Oh, God, let a prayer, let a prayer, let these prayers ring heaven's bell. Let these prayers penetrate the heavens. Let these prayers reach the very throne room of God Almighty. Oh, let the, let the answers come down. Whatever's hindered, whatever's being held up, whatever blessing is delayed, whatever answer is delayed, God, let it come through. Let it break through. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, we pray today. Oh, God, the devil will be defeated. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. God, we believe it, God. We trust you for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, straighten that crooked path. God, bring up that valley. Remove that mountain. Oh, God, heal that brokenhearted. God, we prove preach and proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, 